Hey there, Crosswinds family and friends. Welcome to Crosswinds Unleashed. Each week, we're dedicated to bringing the best stories and biblical life principles from authentic believers. Our podcast breaks down the Christian life through interviews and practical instructions in ways that we hope is fun and accessible. I'm Craig Cooper, the host of the podcast and lead pastor of Crosswinds Church. As I like to do every week, give a special shout out to Elijah Merrill, who makes this all possible as our producer. Hey, if you want to help us out, there's a few things you can do. You can share this podcast. You can follow us, you can rate us, and you can leave a review, especially if you're going to rate and leave a good review. That, that, that would be very much appreciated. Um, but thank you. We, we, we do not take for granted the time that you're investing in listening to this podcast, so thank you for being with us. Um, this is the third part and really a three-part podcast where we've looked at um, the death of Christ, his dying on the cross for our sins, the resurrection of Christ, and then what I sort of teased last week by calling this Act 2 of the Resurrection. Before we jump into the, the podcast uh, content itself, I want to welcome back with us Brian Solar. Thank you so much for being with us. Oh, it's a pleasure to be back, Craig. Thank you. And then we have Betty Ryan. Thanks for, for joining us again. Thank you for inviting me. And so we're going we're gonna to continue this conversation. What do I mean by act two of the resurrection? Well, Jesus said himself, he said, if I don't return to the Father, and if you remember, I've read the last couple of weeks, uh, um, the passage out of Philippians 2, 5 to 11. I won't read it this week, but you, you can read it for yourself. Philippians 2, 5 to 11. Theologians uh, call it the passage that speaks about the humiliation of Christ, uh, his birth all the way. Um, to him dying on the cross is humiliation, God, God dying for us. But then the exaltation, where we talk about the fact that Jesus um, was resurrected, that we don't worship a dead Savior, but a risen Savior, and that him coming back to life gives us hope of this new life we have with him and the ability to spend eternity with him. But Jesus was very clear. He said, if I don't return to the Father, then you're going to miss out on the gift and that gift is the very Spirit of God, that when Jesus ascends, in fact, he says to him in Acts 1a, he says, wait, before you even try to, to venture out and share the gospel with the world, you need to be filled with the Spirit of God. Now, the Spirit of God comes at Pentecost. Jesus ascends, and, and at Pentecost, the Spirit of God comes and, and, and fills the disciples. In fact, uh, Gives them the ability to, Peter preaches an amazing message. Thousands come to Christ. Um, you have people from all over the world who are, who are visiting Jerusalem for the festival and, and they hear them actually speaking in their language. I mean, it's an amazing thing. Um, that God gives them the ability to, to speak all these different languages. What's missed sometimes is it's, 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 it's a redeemed version of Babel. If we remember Babel, uh, and this is one of the reasons why we see it this way, what happens? They try to become God themselves, right? They're going to build a civilization. We're going to reach God. They're speaking one language. And all of a sudden, God says, no, not going to happen. And so he he scatters people and he changes their language so that they can't be on the same page. Well, now because of the Spirit of God, there's this power beyond, beyond anything that any human can manufactured themselves. It's literally God's spirit resting in them. The word for power there is the word we get a word dynamite from. So there's this, this, this dynamic power within us that allows us to, to once again be one people, uh, united in Christ. And so I call it Act 2 
Because so many times we sort of stop at the resurrection when we talk about what we've been offered in Christ, but it's it's his ascension that gives us the ability to live the life he's called us to live. If Christ had simply rose from the dead and ascended and didn't send the Spirit, then him saying, hey, look, you, you can learn how to love like me and you can learn how to have a, a you know a godly character and, and live in my purpose and priorities, it would have been like a big tease, like, you know, hey, try it on your own strength. But we're not doing it on our own strength. We're doing it on his strength. And so when a believer comes to Christ, they're filled with the Spirit of God, and God never does anything halfway. And, and so we're, we're filled with the Spirit of God. We have this power within us to live the Christian life. We have this, this witness of the Spirit, the Scripture tells us, uh, within us. And so Christ is exalted. He ascends to the Father, and then we call this theological term the, the session of Christ, which means the seating of Christ, that Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, where he intercedes on our behalf and, 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 and speaks to the Father through us. We have direct access to God through Jesus Christ, who is God, right? And, and so there's this amazing work that's happening that we don't often talk about in church, but without it, Without it, our Christian walk would be nothing but frustration. But because of it, we can have this confidence. In fact, Paul goes as far as to say, remember, we identify with Christ in his death. So our guilt and shame died with Christ. We identify with Christ in his resurrection. And the fact that that we have this resurrection power within us, the hope of a future resurrection, spending eternity with him, but resurrection power today— we, we identify even with his ascension. We're, we're told we live the ascended life, that so we are able to have a view somewhat from a heavenly perspective. Paul goes as far as to say that as believers, we're actually seated with Christ. That's a lot to wrap our minds around. And so I'm going to stop stop uh, bloviating here and, and, and say, you know, Patty, let's start with you. As a believer, that's a lot to take in. So talk to us about what, what does that spur in you? First of all, I believe in all of what God God's Word teaches me. So it's a truth. So I believe it to be true. And if I'm going to believe that to be true, uh, it's... Okay, so I, I guess I look at the lives of the disciples, the apostles, right? They lived one way before, and they argued who's going to be able to do this and who's going to be able to do that and who's best and, uh, you know, I want this. And they just, they floundered a little bit. And then... Uh, the Holy Spirit comes upon them, and you see such a difference. They had to learn all of that. I'm not saying that time wasn't important in their life and in their journey and in their faith journey. It was all important. But then the Spirit comes upon them, and so much changes. There's a confidence about them because they are realizing it is not in their own power. They had come all this time trying to live and trying to do the things um, almost in works, right, like we see in James, in good works. And it wasn't about that at all. It was about what the Lord had called them to do, and what he would empower them to do. And there is an opportunity there that is, um, uh, you know, people often talk about a God-sized plan or a God-sized dream. Our dreams are are minimal in compared to what God has in store. And when I look at the life change in those individuals, I think that's God-sized. And that God-sized ability is available to each of us too. So uh, it's mind-blowing. Truly. How about you, Brian? Uh, yeah. So, you know, prior to the events of, of what we look at at Christmas, you know, humanity was, was separated from God and God spoke, you know, through prophets and uh, used people 
to try to communicate with his creation, but uh, ultimately uh, the final, you know, redemption plan, or, you know, part of the redemption plan was Jesus. And so you have now access to God through through the God man, Jesus. And like Betty had said, you know, the disciples, they had a lot of floundering, but they would always go back to this Jesus who would correct them, but it was just one person. And, and then Jesus says, you know, I must go so that the spirit can come back or the spirit can come upon you. And uh, all of a sudden, now we have, you know, access to God that bursts out over the horizon, you know, across the globe. And in my neighborhood, uh, you know, there's hundreds of houses. And so there's quite literally dozens and dozens of people who have the spirit of God indwelt in them, you know. Or, or, you know and so I think it's just such, a, it's such an amazing plan that, that God could put forth. And it cost a lot. We looked at that last week and the week before. Um, and so for me, you know, uh, one of the things that Jesus said was, you know, you'll, you'll do greater things than, than even I will. And it's like, you read that and you're like, that's not possible. But you see in the disciples' life, the apostles' life, it was possible because they have the spirit of God in them, you know. And, and I, have, I have never at my own hands uh, seen somebody have sight restored, you know. But uh, possibly God has used me to share his um, saving grace towards someone who, you know, made that personal decision for themselves to receive God as their Lord and Savior and their lives are completely changed. Like it's crazy. Like God is saving people through people because of the Holy Spirit. And that was not happening before the Spirit came to us. Yeah, and I think that's a, a powerful thing. You say, you know, I haven't prayed and necessarily seen the blind have sight. There are the things that 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 when Jesus in John 6, um, they're coming back. Remember, that's a group of people who he had fed, right? He fed these thousands of people. And they come and, and they want another miracle. And he says, I'm not, I'm not going to give you another miracle. I'm going to give you truth. Unless you eat of my flesh, drink of my blood, you have no part in me. Of course, he's not talking about cannibalism. He's talking about following him. Unless you follow me, he'll say, you know, unless you pick up your cross daily, you know, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. So there's this, this reality that he calls him to something deeper. And so you said something interesting. You said, well, I may have prayed to someone, and I believe God does healing today. And so I don't, I don't want to uh, discount that. But healing isn't the, the, temporary healing. I say temporary because we're all going to die. Is not the reason Christ died on the cross. And so many people today they're in the church, they're still looking for that, right? Like, that's the great thing. If someone were healed of this or healed of that. Jesus says, greater things you'll do than me because we continue his work. Not of necessarily the healings, although, like I said, I believe that God still does healings today. You mentioned it. So that people would come to Christ. And when Christ says that to the apostles, he realizes his church is going to take the good news all across this planet. In, in, in fulfillment uh, of what had been spoken even in the Old Testament, that, that no, one, no one people group would, would be without hearing it. And, you know, what excites me is in, in 2022, as we're sitting here, we're within reach of the gospel going to every people group on, in the planet. And, and that, to me, is amazing. Like, that, to me, is just uh, fantastic. And it's not because we're so good in of ourselves. It's because the Spirit of God is moving in His church and, and doing this amazing work. Uh, my mind goes to one, one verse that, that I call one of my aspiration verses. I, I don't have life verses. I have what I call aspiration verses, verses I'm, I'm striving to understand and live under. Um, but Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ, Paul writes. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. 
And I, I like to illustrate this. In fact, uh, uh, last weekend, uh, as this podcast is being taped uh, ahead of time, but hopefully last weekend, I used this illustration of an envelope within an envelope. And so there, there's Christ in me, but I'm in Christ. And so there's this, this is an enveloping of the Spirit of God um, bringing us to, to this identification with Jesus that Paul explains in Galatians 2.20, but it's so complete, but so unbelievably complete uh, because we're filled with the Spirit of God that we can say it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It doesn't mean we lose our, our, our personality, if you will. We just have a redeemed personality as it is in Christ. And, and so when I look at this, uh, what I'm getting at is, so the apostles are filled with the Spirit. When we come to Christ, we're filled with the Spirit. Um, but they're still growing. I mean, Peter still makes a mistake that Paul calls him out on uh, years after being filled with the Spirit, where he's like, I'm not going to eat with Gentiles. Like, that was totally old school. Uh, Jesus had told him that wasn't to be done, that all people are one people. But he had fallen back into some old ways, and Paul confronts him. Peter's still filled with the Spirit of God, right? But he's learning. Paul has this conflict with Barnabas. We're not really sure about all the details of that, but it's over over uh, a relative of Barnabas, whether he's going to travel with him or not, John Mark. And, and so they're still having so, – so we're filled with the Spirit of God, and, and we have the power of God in us, but it's still – we're still growing. We're, we're, we're still becoming, right? And so talk to me about that in your life. What's that look like for you, that journey of – of Paul, who says, I haven't already obtained it, but I'm pressing toward it, right? What's that look like for you, Betty? Yeah, I think that I have to use the word humility. You know, if, if I don't have humility in, in what I know and understand, then I'll stop growing. And I, I don't, and if I stop, I don't get to stay where I am even. I go backwards, right? It's like this uh, scripture is living and breathing within me through the Spirit of God that teaches me and continues to reveal new information to me. And as I grow and experience new things, I see his presence within each of those new things in new ways, never changing the truth of what he says, just helping me to understand it in ways that take me deeper, Um, you know, deeper and deeper. When I uh, started swimming and learning to swim when I was a child, I stayed in the shallow end, you know, and then all of a sudden... I could swim and I could go into the deep end, you know, and I'm not yet ready to go scuba diving. But maybe someday I'll hit there, you know, but that's how I see it. It's like it's a continual journey. The water is still the same. Uh, his truth is is unchanging, but the way that I begin to understand and um, then share it with others is um, must be continued and must be a continual growth. How about for you, Brian? Yeah, so Betty's word was humility. And my word will be influence. Um, you know, again, before the ascension, access to God was, I don't want to use the word limited, but it was it was not easily attainable. But because of the Spirit, um, we have access to God all the time. And we can allow him to influence us all the time. And for me, my biggest struggle in the age of the modern day smartphone, here I go, sound like a dad, look out, um, is like we're allowing so many things to influence our lives right now and we're robbing the spirit's ability to influence us and i've i've felt that even recently you know we just i feel like i need to be up on current events because there's so many different things happening and gotta stay up my social life and i gotta do this and i gotta do that and and yet within me is the spirit of god and i'm not allowing him time 
or even just his place in my life to be that primary influence. And there's that old saying, you know, you are what you eat. And I, I think, you know, we are what we allow ourselves to be influenced by. And so um, I think just, man, when I allow space for the spirit of God to move or to speak or to point out or to correct or to challenge, like that's when I'm living uh, my most like free times, if that makes sense. You know, like that's that's the best living right there. And then I think the enemy loves to come in and fill your life with all these little distractions and remove your, you know, remove the spirit's ability to influence you. You know, I, you know, I, I hear what you're saying. And I think you look at, and, and I am a dad and I'm actually a, a granddad. So that puts me in a whole nother category of old. But, um, but when I look at, you know, a time when you just had a, a house phone. And so if you were away from that house phone, like driving down the road, taking a walk, whatever, there was no access to you. Like you could get away from it. And, and most of us got answer machines, not because we wanted an answer machine so we wouldn't miss a call, but so we didn't have to take a call. <laughs> Like, you know, you would you would leave the message and then you got back to it if it, whenever you wanted to. In fact, I actually had a friend that on their answer machine had to change the message because when her husband heard what she had put on the message, it basically was, we're not here. He said, well, don't have an answer machine then because you didn't want to answer the answer machine type of thing. But there, was that, there wasn't that direct access. And, and then snail mail, right? Someone sends you a letter, they didn't expect a response in 24 hours. The, the mail service has never been that uh, quick. And so you had time to respond and you responded when you got to it type of thing. Now you get a text and if you don't answer it, people think you might be dead. You know, well, I sent you a text, you know, or, or I sent you an email and you haven't responded. You mean from this morning? Um, you know, there, there was a time where, where people didn't expect to have that type of access to you. And I wonder, just hearing you share a little bit, Brian, I wonder your thoughts on this. In a world in which we have so much access to us from people, does that rob us of the access of God speaking to us, right? Uh, you know, because when do we get away from the, cl- the the clutter of all this other access to us and actually be reminded that we have direct access to him? Mm-hmm. You know, what's your response to that? Oh, I think absolutely. Um, you know, just I think you, you pretty much, you answered the question by setting up that question, <laughs> you know? I mean, there was a time when we were not as accessible. And, and I think... Um, you know, I, I'm a dad too. Thankfully, my son's four, and so he's not getting a, a smartphone until he's 40, and uh, so I got some time. But, you know, um, I remember too life without all these distractions, and, and I think they can be good. And we've certainly here, even just in our own local church, you know, we've really benefited from the advancement of technology and all that. But I think we're losing a little bit of, of just our disciplines of putting away the devices or, or really whatever we're, we're into, even if it's a hobby, you know, like I can be really into athletics and, and following a football team and, uh, and that can consume me. And so um, we have free, free will. And while there's all this access for our time and attention, we only have 24 hours a day, uh, you know, what are we doing to put up boundaries so that we can be with God and be influenced by him? You know, if uh, I think probably we've all shared this, if, if you're a, a preaching uh, person, but you know, a successful marriage is is not successful if you never talk to your spouse. Right, right. Um, and so, what what times are you building in to be with your savior? You know, your friend, your master, and I think that will reveal a lot about the condition of where you're at and your faith. You know, you said something. This is probably a conversation for a different podcast, but but we're going to head down there a little bit. Um, you know, it, it used to be you talk about sports. You know, um, back. Uh, 
Sports Illustrated, right? So you, you get this magazine, came out once a month. You would maybe, when ESPN started kicking on, you'd, you'd watch ESPN when it came on. But now it, it, you can be obsessed with sports in a whole nother level. Like you have 24-7 access to writing, podcasts, YouTube. I mean, you could just be on it. And not just sports. You, you fill in whatever your hobby is. And hobbies are good. But they can become a real obsession even more now because you have 24-7 access to information. You know, if, if, if you weren't a reader and you got Sports Illustrated, you know, you're just looking at pictures of football players and baseball players and, and other things that you shouldn't. But, uh, but uh, once a year. But, uh, but when, you, um, when you're uh, now, I mean, you don't have to be a reader. I can listen to this podcast. I can listen to, you know, I could just be all over. And that's not just sports. Like I said, that's whatever your hobby is. And so when, are, when do we ever just stop the white noise? You know, buddy, what do you think about that? Just stop the white noise and, and, and allow God just to speak to us. I think it's not only um, the things that you've mentioned, but it's all the things we allow into our lives. It's who we hang out with. It's, Brian, you said there's only so much time in our life, and that is so true. How will I spend that time? Not that I shouldn't be with um, believers and unbelievers, because that's how we share our faith, but um, how I spend that time and what I spend it with and on and all of that is limited. We are limited, so we must choose wisely. Also remembering that um, when we choose wisely, rest and refreshment are a huge part of that. And to eliminate the white noise, which I just don't know how you can rest in the midst of that. True rest, I think we've forgotten. What does it mean to truly be able to rest and step away from it all and spend some um, intentional time? I almost think nowadays we have to schedule it before it can become a part of who we are. It's a part of who we are to pick up the phone and check the messages and this and, you know, and all the different things that are on there, my notifications. But is it a part of who I am to put it away? Hmm. So to be able to, it, it almost begins with scheduling, and then it should move into a lifestyle so that we can do that. It's like we have this, we, we have the power of God. If you're a believer, you have the power of God within you, but you have to, you have to walk in the reality of that. Just because it's accessible to you, just because you can access it, doesn't mean that power is at work in you. You know, it's like having a, a, a Lamborghini in your driveway, you know, and it's fully functional, it's filled with gas. And you're pushing it everywhere. You know, it, it just would seem ridiculous, right? Uh, maybe not so much now. Maybe you're just saving money on gas. But, 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 but in all honesty, you know, and, and I think that's, that's true for us as believers too, right? We have the Spirit of God, but if we're not taking time to listen, we're not taking time to, to be in God's Word, we're not taking time just to be silent, get away from the white noise, and then we're never going to truly be able to appropriate that which this great gift that we have, this, this presence and power of God that resides in us, I was thinking of Paul's words to the Colossians, Colossians um, 127, second part of that verse. Paul writes something very, very interesting. He says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Like Christ in you, the hope of glory. And, and you know, Paul's not stating merely that, that we will go to heaven if you're a Christian, because glory is a place. But, but glory is also the manifestation of the attributes of God's splendor in our life. Like it's his presence, and the Christian life is a, it's really a manifestation of the restored image of God in us. 
that when Jesus died for our sins, that our position changed. And because of the resurrection, we have this resurrection power within us. But the Spirit of God, as a matter of fact, we, we say of the Spirit of God, He's the Holy Spirit, right? Why? Because He makes us holy, makes us like Christ. So the Christian life, therefore, is a life where, where, where we're living for Jesus. We're becoming more like Jesus, you know, as, as we trust in Him. And the Christian life is about Christ and His life and His attributes and His, his glory, and so that's why I talk about Act 2 being the ascension of Christ and the ascension or the seating of Christ. It's this reality in the life of the believer where we get to walk with God and journey with him and become the person that he's created us to be. And so, you know, as we've been talking about that, I just wonder as we go around, and, and Brian, I'll start with you, then Betty, and I'll, I'll wrap us up here, but... What's what does that journey mean for you? I mean, I, I go back to Colossians one twenty seven, the second part of the verse, and Christ in you, the hope of glory. You know, Paul's writing that, and he's writing it about all believers, but he's writing that about Brian, right? Christ in you, Brian, the hope of glory. Uh, it's it's really hard to even try to even begin to think about or to explain or to put into words. It's it's very humbling because we're so often wanting to, you know, when you think about it in like hope of the world, you know, you can then remove yourself from that scope. But when you, like you just said, when you actually put your name and attach it to that, you know, it it does give you uh, just a sense of of value, of worth and of purpose, you know, like um, we, we were created to live a certain way. And God outlines that very clearly in his scriptures. And so if you're listening and you're like, I don't, I don't really know how God wants me to live. Um, I encourage you to to check out some of the things that he has to say. Uh, it's very hard um, at times, but man, is it, it's freedom. And uh, and like I, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but you know when we're living according to the way that the Spirit is guiding us and leading us, and what the commands of Christ are calling us to live, uh, we see changes around us just because of how we begin to live our lives. You know, and and the relationships are changing, and and uh, there's just a lot there. So. Uh, that was a loaded question that I was not fully prepared for. And Betty, what do you got? <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, I think the hope in me, as I look at it that that way, is something that I must, again, exhibit. It's like that light, you know, that now when it says, um, don't keep your light under a basket. Do you know what I mean? It's something that you do have to show to other people because... I don't want to wait until heaven. Like, I want to be able to live the life of hope and expectancy and all of those things that he promises today. And that's available to us today. I think it's Thomas Oden, I may have it wrong, who says, you know, God's grace is sufficient for you. The only thing that holds it back is your open hands. If you open your hands, it's sufficient. And he's got so much available for you that he wants to do in you and then through you. Hmm. to others. And it's just an amazing truth. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, uh, for me, I I just, I look at our our amazing opportunity to walk with Christ and we realize that that the only way it's possible is because of him. Hmm. You know, again, we we can't earn it. We can't, we can't work our way into it. Um, For God so loved the world that he gave his one only son, whoever believes in him. As a matter of fact, the only thing that God requires of us when you think about his faith, belief, Whoever believes him will not perish, but have eternal life. And, and it's interesting because I know in my own walk, and I'm, I'm sure others out there can relate to this, there's times I know in my mind that I can't live for Jesus without Jesus. 
but it's almost like I feel like you know you, you receive him as Lord and Savior, then you start the journey, and Jesus says, "Hey, I'm going to be cheering you on at the finish line." But that's not true. Act two shows us. I mean, he 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 ascended so that the Spirit would come and indwell us as believers because He is with us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. The only way He could promise that is by the Spirit of God indwelling us. And so when it says Christ in you, the hope of glory, and it's not just a destination. We do have the hope of glory that we'll spend eternity with him in paradise. But it's it's, it's this amazing promise and, 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 and something that we can literally walk in. It's a fact, right? That, that in order for us to even become more like Jesus, it's because of him. And, and we got to walk in that in faith. You know, we follow him. And so we do have a responsibility, but it still relies on him. And, and I think... So many times in our Christian walk, it's so easy to think, I've just got to make this happen. And I think what I see over and over, and I know what I see over and over again in Scripture is, no, no, you don't make it happen. You trust in Jesus and and let him lead you in, in, in allowing it to happen. You know, that we're transformed um, by the presence of the Spirit at work in us as we keep in step with the Spirit, you know, as as, as John writes, and keeping in step with the Spirit, you know, the actual word picture is following in his footsteps. It's like, you know, following, following your dad in, in the snow, right? And, and you see his steps, and you're going to step in the exact same steps he's in. That's what the Scripture says. And, and here, here's the good news. And if we find ourselves out of step as a believer, all we need to do is, is look up, and he's going to lead us back into those steps, you know. And so, so many times I think we just sidetrack ourselves when God's like, look, I'm not done with you. Let's, let's get up. Let's, let's continue on this journey. And so, you know, when we, look at, when we look at what God has done in us, salvation, we go all the way back to two episodes. We looked at Jesus dying on the cross where, we were, where the, the theological word there is justified. <laughs> we're made right with God. That's something he's done. And when we receive him, that, that's done. It's, 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 it's a finished work in our life. And then uh, what work is he still doing? What, salvation continues. You say, well, how does salvation continue? Well, sanctification. And that's the work of his spirit where he's, he's making us more like Jesus. Again, his, what, his love, his character, his purpose, his, his, his priorities. And, and then what are we waiting for? Glorification. That's a theological term. It's when Jesus comes back, the work is completed. And we get to spend eternity with him in paradise. Perfectly human, by the way. Uh, you know, what we'll be like uh, we were intended to be without all the, the marring of sin. And so I, I, I don't know. I hope you've picked up the excitement the three of us have on, on, on this message. This is the gospel. This is the good news that God has for each and every one of you. And if you've yet to receive Christ as Lord and Savior, that's where this all starts. And we want to walk with you. And so if you if you want to let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ, if you have any questions about following Christ, uh, go to crosswinds.church. Uh, you'll find out more about this podcast, more about Crosswinds as a church. More importantly, it's a way of connecting with us and learning about not just who we are, but how we can come alongside you. We exist as a church to come alongside Christ and each other in order to help us know him and make him known. And so we want, we want to be about that. And so these last three podcasts have been about really celebrating Easter, celebrating the resurrection of Christ and, and the fact that his death on the cross was a finished work once and for all, uh, that we were able to have a relationship with God through Jesus and that his resurrection gives us this amazing hope, not just in our future resurrection, but in the power of God that resides in us. 
that then as we talk about the ascension and the session or the seating of Christ, the fact that we identify with that too, he's at work within us in power. Acts 1.8, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, which is true for every believer when they say yes to Jesus. And so I just want to encourage you, wherever you find yourself on your spiritual journey, we would love to help you take your next step. Uh, so let us do that. And um, yeah, reach out to us at crosswinds.church. For now, uh, be blessed and continue to bless others. Mm-hmm.